Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to The Promised Land, a show about Manchester United and part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined as ever by Rob Blanchett. Rob, how are you doing? We're fresh off the back still of a Man United win ahead of a weekend. 1-1 draw with Southampton, no doubt about it. Isn't it funny how Man Live is still trending? Here we are, late in the week, after it happened a few days ago. That's very rare for a football match. I think it shows how excited Man United fans are to actually win a game of football and play well. It's still the shock to the system. People are celebrating this emotion. Um, we've got Southampton have, coming up. Have you, by the way, well, noticed the reaction on the Liverpool side? It, it's been, I would say, humorous, to say the least. Um, the whole thing around Bruno holding the ball, even though it's Bruno's ball, and yeah. United, you know, and referees and this and VAR and Ronaldo shunning Jamie Carragher and Jose Enrique saying that's massively disrespectful. I I, I even said this is what I tweeted about that. And as I said, people, I don't know if they forget or they don't forget, but I always think football's got a long memory. I always say that, you know, and it wasn't so many years ago, even though it kind of is now, where Jamie Carragher did kind of physically assault Nanny on a football pitch and put him out for a little while. And Nanny's, you know, very good mates with Ronaldo. So people do remember that stuff. I remember that. And I kind of think with I'm Ronaldo, I'm probably thinking, no, I'm not talking to you either. But Christian, we know that Cristiano has been heavily criticised by Jamie Carragher on Sky yeah. in recent weeks. So I think that's also something to do with it. But at the same time, I think it's all... A, a lot to do about nothing but not surprising that the echoes of that game are still ringing in people's ears on both sides it's kind of funny isn't it but we've got to move on because there's another football match coming now, up. and now liverpool fans are saying fsg are as bad as the glazer family and some of them clop out clop, clop out, out. But the midfield <laughs> is a mess even though their, their recruitment policy is the best in the world and now they've managed to somehow have eight midfielders all play centrally who are now perma injured or too young <laughs> or out football of is a strange game isn't it it's a strange game because you've only got to lose one two or three games it's the end of the world especially at the very big clubs so we've been experiencing that end of the world on perpetual heartbeat for quite a long time at man united so it's quite nice for as long as i've worked in the football that. media industry rob i've had that's i've had to deal with that so. It must be you are to blame then, Scott, without mm-hmm. a doubt. You know, this must be what it's about, is it your career in the football industry. So I think, I think overall as well with Man United in the last decade, there's been nothing that's been smooth, has it? It's always been like taking the rough with the smooth and looking for kind of small, uh, small positives. But let's hope, fingers crossed, that this manager can do more than that and start to build a proper football team. We'll talk about building a proper football team on today's show. We'll talk transfers with... Anthony, Cody Gakpo, Memphis Depay and Frankie de Jong links. We'll talk goalkeepers as well because uh, Martin Dubravka is the latest to be linked as United look for a number two. We'll talk Cristiano's future. We'll talk Casemiro, new signing. He has been unveiled by the club 
this week and has done an interview with uh, manunited.com ahead of the Southampton game, which is on 12 at 12.30 on Saturday UK time. I'll be down there for that to... I've been to this game loads of times over the past few years, and it always seems to end up 1-1. I don't know whether that's just me. Maybe it's happened once, um, and it just seems like all the games blur together. But um, yeah, this this one will be difficult, but United have, to, United have set a benchmark now. They need to uh, continue to deliver in the games that they're expected to win. But uh, we'll come back to that. Later in the show, subscribe to the show as well, wherever you get your podcasts on Apple, Google, Spotify, etc., etc. And you can watch us twice a week on Tuesdays and Fridays usually, although our days are a little bit mixed up. I don't know when this one's going out, whether it's Thursday night or Friday morning. Uh, We'll ask our producer afterwards. (laughs) Head over to the YouTube channel, hit the like button, subscribe, join the community, leave a comment as well. And the link should be in the description of this episode if you're listening on an audio platform. Twitter as well. At underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob underscore B, and at Promise and MU. Rob, that's a lot of words. I need to change that spiel, I think. It's, it's, it's a lot of words. I kind of know it off by heart by now, but maybe I need to just trim it down a little bit. I think you need to do like a little dance or something during it. So there's some kind of visual effect, and that will give you kind of more rounded product. The audio uh, listeners won't get that treat, though. So I, I don't know. No, no. Yeah, you have to all, go, but all migrate over to YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Please do. If you, if you haven't migrated over to YouTube yet, just hit that subscribe button and uh, everything's better in visual format. And if you're on the go, you can listen on audio unless you have YouTube premium. where you can Do both. Us. Do both. both. Listen, to, listen to the show in bed. And when you're kind of having your dinner and you want to watch the show as well, just rewatch it again. And you can hear me and Scott say everything twice. <laughs> Good thing we're not actually crying about stuff at the moment, uh, like we always seem to do. And especially in the last couple of weeks before the Liverpool game, we weren't very happy. But uh, let's talk about potentially happier times ahead as uh, Anthony is top of the agenda today because it seems as though United will complete this transfer before the transfer deadline, which is next Thursday. I believe next Thursday United also yeah. play Leicester on transfer deadline day night, which is fun. Uh, so I don't know how much business United will be doing up until the deadline. Cause they'll be playing. Maybe you'd think that they will want to get those, uh, those transfers all sorted before they play that game. How many will they get though? Uh, Anthony, I think is probably looking like the most, I don't say nailed on. Cause I'm not going to, I don't want to say nailed on, but it's looking likely. What's your take on this Rob? Because obviously the, the big takeaway from it is the money is mad. <laughs> the money is mad. <laughs> like This is the thing. I got a lot of criticism, didn't I, when we talked about the Casemiro deal and how much the value of the deal was. So I'm not talking about individual fees or what the pla- just what the player earns. I'm talking about the whole package. And that whole package of around Casemiro is, to- is topping 150, 150 million for a 30-year-old. It's got a lot of money. It's tons of money. You get Anthony. Anthony's obviously a younger prospect, but you're talking similar money in in terms of the fee with his wage and the signing on and all the other bits that go with it, agent fees. You're kind of signing two million, two players for about 300 million. I don't know if that's a good way to do business in the world anymore. Um, But let's talk about what Anthony brings, because I do think I'm going to say I think Anthony is nailed on. The reason why I say that is that this player has told Ajax he's not going to play for them ever again. He does not want to play for them. That's that. 
So it's now down to the two clubs just to sort out the fee. And the fee is going to be big whichever way you look at it. And this is why I would say as a football fan, I tend not to be worried about the money side of it. I just want to look at the player, even though the business side of it does make me itch a little bit when you think about Man United's cash flow. It's a kind of weird, isn't it? Anstey's a great player. I think he's really, really well suited for what we I like saw. Him. I really yeah, like him. Yeah, I think when you think about the 4 3 3 that we saw at Liverpool, the Liverpool game, if you put Anthony into that system, he's a dream. He's a dream because he is technically very, very good. He can do all sorts of things. He can come from really, really deep. He can press high. He can beat players. He can come inside. We know that he's got all of those like facets to his game. Man United missed that. And it means that he could do other stuff with Jaden Sancho. So someone said to me yesterday, went, oh, does that mean Jaden Sancho is going to get dropped? <laughs> no, Jaden Sancho is not going to get dropped. It just means that you might have to live the season with Marcus Rashford playing through the centre a little bit more. So Marcus gave his little cameo, didn't he? Running off Anthony Martial, running at uh, Alisson and putting the ball away and looking quite comfortable doing that. And I think that's what his manager will be demanding in the weeks ahead. But a really good player. I think you might find that United just do Casemiro and Anthony now because the numbers are so astonishing. But at the same time, they're not counting anything out. You know, they do still want other players. And they understand that Dubravka is probably all but done. Even by the time this goes out, Dubravka might be a Manchester United player on loan. Um, and then you do look at the other positions. Obviously, De Jong is the obvious one. Uh, uh, midfield, again, we're not be surprised if Man United play Leicester. And get to 10 o'clock after losing to Leicester and start going to try by midfielders because that's how bad Man United are at all of this. At least um, it won't be Adrian Rabio. Who knows? It might be Rabio. They <laughs> might well be like, no, no, this is over. Rabio, 200 grand a week. <laughs> how quickly can you get here from Turin? We've got a private jet. We can do it in about an hour. Um, I do think United will probably have to end up buying someone that fans go, who are you or why are you at our football club? That might happen still. But I like Anthony. I think, you know, pay him whatever. I don't care. You know, pay Casemiro whatever. I'm not really bothered. I'm more interested in seeing these guys now on a football pitch at Old Trafford in a Man United shirt. Yeah, I mean, I said this on a, on a video I was on earlier today. I, I like Anthony. And yeah, the money is a bit much, but I, I like the quality he has. He's, he's always been highly rated. Even back when he was playing mm. in Brazil, even yeah. before he joined Ajax, there was a lot of fuss about him. He's a, you know, people criticize his numbers coming from the Eredivisie, but if he can replicate those numbers and maybe improve them a little bit, and then you get a firing Sancho, a firing Rashford, a firing uh, Martial, if Ronaldo stays and contributes the goals that you would expect him, that's a lot of goals, you know? And I think I compare the money in the Anthony signing to previous signings where you think of the likes of Paul Pogba, Angel Di Maria, who have come in for big money, Harry Maguire, even all these are players who have been in under managers who haven't known really how to get the best out of them. And mm. United have always had that to deal with. And that has always put pressure on them. Paul Pogba came in as a centerpiece and they never complimented and they never put Casemiro behind him, for example. He never had a Casemiro behind him to be Paul Pogba. And the- Paul Pogba must be looking at that now. It's weird, yeah, isn't in it? In Juventus, <laughs> right? And, and, you know, his knee's all busted and he has to fix that and get that sorted for the World Cup. He must be watching that going, for six years, 
probably said to Man United, I need someone to help me in that midfield. And they went, well, Paul, can you be the number six this week? And he's like, no. Oh, then you're, the, you're kind of playing further and you're the number 10. Then you're the floating eight. He never helped him in that midfield. And now they've bought that help for the player that's gone. It's so strange. It is weird, isn't it? Isn't but, it? Yeah. And I, what I was, this is kind of my point. Paul mm. Popper was signed under Jose. He came in when Jose Mourinho was there, I believe. He worked yeah. under Solskjaer. He was really injured for after Solskjaer's reign as well. Mm. And, you know, United never were able to get the best out of him. I guess what I'm trying to say here is, I don't really have that concern with Anthony because I think Eric Ten Hag has been brought in specifically to get the best out of the players that he wants to work with, whether that be Jaden Sancho, Anthony Martial, Malassia, uh, mm. you know, all, all these kind of players that he wants to keep that we know are in the first team plans. His job will be to maximize their potential, right? Throw away the players that he doesn't want. They'll, they'll transition out of the club. He signed Anthony before. He knows how to get him to a level which is enough for Man United to buy him for however much money they're going to be buying him for. And he has a manager now that he knows and that we can probably expect that we, he will eke all of the talent and all of the potential out of him that is possible hmm. in, a, in an ideal world. But that's that's the that's the plan. That's the that's the blueprint. And I don't really have that concern about spending that much money on a player if we know that the manager can probably maximize the talent and justify the fee later on. Oh, absolutely. And I think when you're buying a player, you know, before his prime, you know, you're 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 taking this guy from the Eredivisie who's made his way into the Brazil team, who wants to step up. I think you can, again, take the rough with the smooth. You know, you can expect that this player will have a transitional period, but Man United are in transition. So I kind of compare the signing a little bit to Jadon Sancho. They're not the same kind of player, of course, stylistically very, very different. But it's about the expectation is that this player could be an elite level superstar. He's produced decent numbers in certain scenarios. But to come to the Premier League and do it takes a little bit of time. Now, I think for Sancho, he walked into this dysfunctional mess at Man United 12 months ago. And it's kind of taken him to this point to maybe find his mojo or what, you know, what his game is in English football. Even though he's English, he's kind of like a foreign talent. Never mm -hmm. played in the Premier League, comes back to England. He's like, oh, my God, I've been in the Bundesliga all this time. So I think when you look at Anthony, it, it is that transition of what he, can he provide immediately? But what can he provide one, two, three years down the line. So that's maybe the only concern with Casemiro is that in two or three years' time, you might be going, this guy's on a ton of money, but, you know, he's now Matic. That that would be a problem. You're, you then have to deal with that, but you need to find solutions now for him. That's why you're bringing him in. But I think with Anthony, there's a much bigger buffer zone is that you would like to think that this guy, this is just his first contract with the football club and he might get a second one, a better contract because he's done well, and then, of course, if the Glazers want sell-on value, which they've talked about in the past, you've got a guy there who you could sell at the highest value. So I think United have to adopt that model more, Scott. I think you have to invest in younger players and develop them and hope that they do what they can do. But like you're totally right. Ten Hag knows this guy. This is why I was all right with the Martinez signing, because these are his boys. They're going to run through brick walls for him. And every manager needs that in their squad. Yeah, absolutely. I don't. I know that Anthony's going to come in with a massive fee on his shoulders, mm. but then when you think about, I wouldn't say Anthony Alanga is a he's a squad player, you know, but 
they're interchangeable. I would probably yeah. make Anthony first choice on the right side, Sancho first choice on the left side. But mm. there's Rashford, there's Martial, there's Alanga, there's Garnacho coming through. Yeah. You know, one of them's going to sit out games. Sancho can play on the right side. But I feel like, you know, they've been linked with Cody Gakpo. We'll maybe speak yeah. about him in a second. But United have an absolute lack of left-footed right wingers. Mm. And I feel like the balance... Is it's not worth it. I don't think that he's worth this money, but at the same time, I want him to pay it because I want him. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I just feel like the yeah. balance that it will provide to the attack, you know, is that is absolutely right. I think they should do it because he's a left-footed right winger, very tricky, very skillful, can offer something different. And I always thought he would be Mo Salah's replacement at Liverpool. That's how you know and Liverpool. We know we joked about it at the start, but their recruitment policy over the years has been pretty spot on. So I'm glad yeah. to be seeing this happening. Well, some of the feedback initially with Anthony, the initial interest, obviously when United were talking to them about a number of players, obviously Timber included in that, was that when the the kind of concerns came about that Ronaldo wanted to leave, it kind of put United in a position of what do we do? Do you buy a striker? Do you strengthen the attack? How do we work around this? And what we kind of heard was Ten Hag's plan was to go with what he knew, which of course is Anthony, and to and to mould his attack into something more fluid. I think we've seen that in the opening weeks of the season to kind of different success. First two games didn't work at all. Third game against Liverpool worked like a charm. So you hope that you're going in the right direction. But if you add Anthony to that, and let's say in the next few days, Cristiano does leave the football club because Cristiano is desperate to go and doesn't want to play for Man United anymore, then that's another thing. And if you've got Anthony, you're in the scenario you were 12 weeks ago when you were first thinking about buying Anthony, when you put a bid of 45 million on the table and Ajax went <laughs> 45 million. They're going to obviously pay a lot more money than that. But the difference also here is that Anthony has been, been quite impatient. You know, he's wanted to join Man United really through the whole uh, duration of this window. He's seen his mate Martinez go and do it. See Martinez obviously now becoming a cult hero already after three games. And I think he wants a little bit of it. I think he thinks I can make this Man United team better. And in a World Cup year, if I go to the Premier League and have three storming months, then I'm Brazil's You're in the World boy. Cup team, yeah. I'm in the World Cup team and I'm a superhero and that guy Ronaldo left the football club. Everyone's forgotten about him, you know, and now I'm the one with Jadon Sancho, who's now pushing his way back into the England squad, hopefully, you know, their form will be dependent on that. But it will mean also, Scott, that the core of the team, the real protagonists, they're younger. So even though you've got mm -hmm. Casemiro and even though you went, you got an older Varane because Varane's not really old, but he gets injured. It's an issue there. We know obviously the issues with David De Gea. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. You're making the core of your team more youthful for the future project. I'm all for that. You know, I talk about youth all the time. That's what you've got to do. Get younger players on the pitch that you've got longer development with. And with Anthony, I wouldn't say from day one, right, mate, you've got to be the best player in the world. Yeah, I'd be like, absolutely. right, find your way, pay 80 minutes a game, 75 minutes a game, come off the bench now and then, and we'll find a place for you and get used to this stage. Because I'll tell you, coming to Old Trafford, it's a hard place to play week in, week out. And to find a rhythm and a method in your early days in a red shirt. Do you think, I, I think that a right winger and this, this kind of player is the right move. Mm. Do you think they should be pursuing a striker ahead of this? Uh, Cause I want to talk about maybe Cody, Cody Gakpo in a second, but what's your, what's your take on this Rob? Cause we still don't know what's going to happen with Ronaldo. I, I think in terms of 
the centre-forward position, we know that Man United are looking at number nines. So that's a very vague thing to put out there. But they have consistently, from the Ronaldo issues, explored the chances of number nine. So one of the biggest name, I think, probably was Morata. Um, that deal was just too expensive. There's talk that they might go back to it, but I don't think that's going to happen now. Not certainly the way Man United want to play. But what you need, Scott, is flexibility. So Gakpo does fit that, because Gakpo, Gakpo can play left and right. But I think what Man United intend to do, and I know that actually the majority of Man United fans will not like this because it's just what it is, is that the starting two centre-forwards, number nines, will be Rashford and will be Martial. They're going to be the two that are trusted to do it because your front three is not going to be a 4-2-3-1 where you have someone at the top doing the top work. It's going to be fluid. It's going to be a press. So you need to be able to gag and press. You need pace. You need energy. So Gakpo fits it. Anthony fits it. And what you already have now bringing in players like Casemiro means that you will push higher up the pitch. You'll be more aggressive. I think the most important thing, Scott, is just get rid of Ronaldo. You've got to get rid of him. Get that wage off the bill. Uh, it doesn't matter how many goals he scores anymore. He does not want to play for the football club. So move him on. I think the issue there is can you move him on? And every minute that goes by, it means more likely that Cristiano Ronaldo at the end of the transfer window will still be a Man United player. It's really potential there to upset the apple cart when it's not really necessary. Uh, but we'll see. No no movement yet on, on Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, and you mentioned there, Rob, about the striking options. I think we've been, mm. been told throughout the week. Because uh, I, I, I thought maybe Gakpo could have been seen as a, a central striker signing. You know, I know he's played there for the Netherlands before. He's played there for PSV before. But I, I think Steve McLaren actually sees Rashford as... A central striker as well. Obviously, he started there the other day. Yeah, maybe that's the option. But yeah, like lots of things, uh, lots of things moving around, and we're not really sure how it's going to play out yet. And I'll come to another alternative in a second. But I don't know whether you you watched Gakpo last night, didn't you, Rob, against Rangers? Yeah, I kind of went through the metrics and had a good look at him and studied him a little bit. I've seen him before, play for PSV many times. Of course, there's a different interest when he's linked to the football club and we're trying to kind of decide, is he worth it? don't think he played very well. Rude van Nistelrooy came out afterwards and said he did all the things that I expect of him. But uh, I saw uh, one Twitter commentator uh, from ESPN say that uh, he looks a bit raw. I thought that was a really good example. That was a good description of him. He's 35 million or around that mark. Are you going to buy your next Ahmed Diallo, who's a bit raw? Or are you going to use Ahmed Diallo? So th th these are the kind of options that you've got here. Ahmed Diallo could come back into the squad and be someone that plays central. Obviously, it comes off the right generally. But you have to, this is where I think the Gakpo thing might go a little bit cold because it's about options, isn't it? And I think United would rather keep Diallo, not buy Gakpo, and go and buy a striker, whoever that striker might be. Like my dream world, let's do it. Just go get Ivan Tony. You've inquired about him. You know, put the money up there and it will be a ridiculous sum. But put the money up there because he will do certain things for you in that nine in a 4 3 3 that others just don't. Gakpo, I do not see being a Premier League striker running through the middle. Um, but I do think Anthony Martial can do that job as well. So it, it's a kind of wait and see. I do think as well that we'll see United play the false nine a lot this year. So I think you'll see Bruno and Eriksen kind of dovetail a little bit in that in the in a false role, just because that's what's winning football matches. Liverpool have done it well for years. City do it well, even though I say that Harlem will find it harder to do than than maybe other City midfielders. Um, 
And I think that might be a solution in the short term, but it's not the long term solution. Talk about false nines, Rob. Uh, let's move to Barcelona because uh, I know we spoke about this earlier in the summer because I just knew this would happen. I knew it would come out. I said, why are Man United going to end up signing Memphis Depay? I said this months ago. I said it months ago. I can, I'll retweet it after this show. Uh, he was meant to be joining Juventus, but that's fallen through. Uh, Juve is signing Eric Milik. He's doing his medical tests. Uh, there's no Memphis Depay going to Juventus. Barcelona want Memphis Depay off the books. He's in the same situation as De Jong. Memphis and De Jong, good, good mates at club and international level. They they even went on holiday together a few weeks ago, I think. Uh, Sport say today, Memphis's hours at Barca are coming to an end, although his future has taken an unexpected turn. Uh, He's now not joining Juventus because of financial requests and his destination could now be Manchester United. So you said before you didn't want him. Uh, but he would be a cheap option, I want to say, because he wants to be paid off by Barcelona. He wants to sort all that out. He played for United before. There was always this sense and feeling of unfinished business because it never really worked out. But uh, he would be an option that would not cost United £35 up front. He can play left. He can play central. What do you think now? (laughs) I think if you're gambling on the Rashfords and the Martials and players like that going to give them a chance this season, the last thing you want to do is to add players that are still part of that gambling process. It kind of doesn't feel right. I think my, I think look, I think he's a good player. You know, I think Memphis is, is a talented footballer, but there's a reason why he's perhaps probably gets contract cancelled. It's a little bit, it reminds me like the Ander Herrera thing. People used to say to me, cannot believe Man United didn't play Ander Herrera and PSG have paid him. And here we are, two years of his deal left and he's just got his deal cancelled. So I think you've got to be really careful about who you bring in because you might be losing a ton of money on it. So I kind of get the understanding of that from the ownership. However, you are looking, you're banging on doors. You know, do you pay for a Maratta? What would I do? I just said what I would do. I'd play Amidiallo. So if you're going to have someone in that there and you're developing them, Amidiallo might be not be as good as Memphis Depay, but Memphis Depay might be a problem contractually somewhere down the line. And you've paid a, a you know good sum for this young lad in Diallo who might go out on loan, probably will do, but you could keep him and develop him and play him. Or if you're playing a fluid front three, you could keep Garnacho on the left and do something there and have the guys move inside. You've got options, Scott. And I think the thing is you play a full system. We, you've got to do it properly. You can't just say Memphis is versatile so you can play a false nine. He's not probably going to give you the energy in that position that you need. You're not probably going to drop in and out and do those things. You've got to be very, very careful tactically. Would he come to United as a free? I'm sure he would. I think if he was offered that now... Um, the Juventus deal has fallen through because Juventus have gone, don't like, look at this, got other players. I think that he would love a return to the Premier League, though he did turn down Tottenham's Hotspur six weeks ago. Uh, I think he'd probably go to Spurs now. Spurs went back in for him, though they've kind of moved on. It is described in the report as uh, a market opportunity for Man United, uh, which it is, which it is. But uh, we will see. This is speculation at this stage. Yeah, of course. We'll do our digging for you and um, we'll see if we can find anything, if anything pops up. You know, they have inquired about him. Like, yeah. this is the thing. We know this, that they've inquired, but inquiry means nothing. Inquiries just mean we need to know the lay of the land. 
and Memphis Depay was going for eight million six weeks ago. Now he's going for nothing. So that does change stuff when you've just given Casemiro 150 million. It does. So, you know, you might get your wish, Scott. You might see the Lionheart back in a Man United shirt. I don't think he'd be given the number seven if he came back this time. No. But uh, he could still play an intrinsic part in a new Eric Ten Hag project. Will uh, Frankie de Jong be given the 21, (laughs) Rob? Uh, We have less than a week or we have a week left as we record this. uh, We're about a week away from the transfer window closing the the noise this week is that the, the pursuit of frankie de jong is over i've not had that confirmed uh i don't think you have either if frankie de jong if barcelona will sell frankie de jong and there's another report from sport today which says his agent is meeting with the club as we speak or has happened today because barcelona has see his salary to the highest owner at barcelona there's obviously mm-hmm. the issue of deferred wages De Jong, from what we understand, wants Barcelona to pay him. <laughs> it's, it's it's that spiteful. You know, it's, it's that kind of... Uh, in an ideal world, he'd like to stay at Barcelona because that's the, that's the club he wants to play for. But there's just been a lot of politics behind the scenes. Barcelona are trying to trim their wage bill. They're selling off Amiens to Chelsea. They have to get other players out. They want to sign Bernardo Silva as well. Rob, uh, we're going to speak next on Tuesday. So we've got one more show uh before the transfer window closes we'll probably talk about de young again on tuesday because there might be some resolution by then where do you sit now well it really is like groundhog day with like wesley schneider isn't it and like gaitan you know when they're all being linked to united (laughs) continually forever and ever and ever um i think with frankie de young and i will be delighted if he stays at Barcelona, we never have to speak about him again. Fantastic. It's just boring. It's the same thing. But the position really hasn't changed. So we'll explain that. You know, it's the same thing is that Frankie de Jong wants Barcelona to pay him and they should. They contractually should pay him. They still don't really want to. They want to find a way to get him off the books and get someone else to pay him. But but he's holding firm he's like no I know it's my agreements with you not with my future club whoever that might be Manchester United Chelsea and obviously now we know Bayern Munich are interested so all of these things are at play. that was actually panned by German uh well, German it, sources it, but but yeah. exactly they came out and build sources were like no that's not not that but again it's it, there was an inquiry there so if there's an inquiry people will talk about it so I look at Frankie de Jong and people said yesterday oh his is a his opportunities are running out here like it's up to Frankie de Jong. But I don't really think that that this whole shebang is really about that. I think that he has a contract with that football club. He wants him to honour it. That's difficult because they don't want to honour it. So how do, how do you get round it? I, I would not be surprised if he ends up staying at Barcelona. No, I really would not. I absolutely wouldn't. I, I, th- I think he's going to do which what a lot of players do when these similar things happen. They're going to go, stick me in the stands and pay me half a million pound a week and I'll have a holiday. Now, Players don't want that, really. They want to play football, and Frankie de Jong does not want that. But it might mean that Man United then have to go back in the next transfer window. And Frankie de Jong's value might well have depreciated quite a lot. you know. So that means that that deal still happens, but United win the transfer. I'd rather see him in red now. Go get him now if you can. Man United have said that they will. I think the reports coming out in the last few days have been staged by United to say we will not we're not buying this player anymore so we're walking away from the deal so Barcelona you either sort the deal out with the player now or we'll go and buy someone else I think United do have true intentions for that but Man United still want Frankie Dion 
It hasn't changed. If they can get Frankie de Jong... Man United are going to want made. Frankie de Jong for as long as Eric Ten Hag is manager. And what was my, my prophecy on Frankie de Jong weeks ago is that it will get done on transfer deadline day. And I said that I didn't want that to happen, but this is where you're in a big standoff, isn't it? It's like some OK Corral cowboy shootout, isn't it? Where there's like three people with a gun all pointing at each other, you know, like, you know, Reservoir Dogs gone wrong. And it's like, who fires first? Well, I think Man United have kind of gone, we don't want to do this anymore. This is this is awful. We need to kind of build our own football club. I think if he goes onto the open market, Man United will trigger that and say, yeah, we want you. He's spoken to Eric Ten Hag multiple times. Eric Ten Hag feels good about that. If Barcelona sell, Man United will be front of the queue with Chelsea. But Chelsea themselves now have backed themselves away. Have you noticed that? Chelsea, Chelsea are busy have, as well. They've got a lot yeah, to do. Chelsea have gone... Oh, Frankie de Jong, let's talk about him. Oh, you're messing us around. We're not going to spend 12 weeks doing this. Goodbye. <laughs> we're not doing that. So that's kind of what United probably should have done in the early days. But they were trying to back their new manager. So it's understandable. Um, it's just important now, Scott, uh, Scott, that if you do not buy Frankie de Jong, that you do buy a midfielder that helps Casemiro, either it be someone who plays the eight or, or can play a bit of the six as well. Someone you can either then play a double pivot if you wanted to or more progressive 4 3 3. You've got to do that because otherwise you're going to be relying on Christian Eriksen doing things that he's not so good at deeper on the field. He can do it, but that's not what he's good at. I'd rather have someone who can actually play that role. Now that Casemiro is in, hmm. adding Frankie de Jong to that, and like we say, like we, we don't think it's over yet, but no, you know, we're not saying that it will happen or it won't. That is a transformative signing if they do it now after Casemiro. That is yeah. a game-changing signing for United. Because anyway. it makes your midfield suddenly like it's it's the upgrade is so huge that you then have a genuine number six playing with a genuine six-stroke eight and someone who can progress the ball both with dribbling and passing. That's all the things Man United have not been able to do since, as we kept saying, the start of time. It's like a repeat, isn't it? Grand Groundhog Day again. So, uh, yeah, it would be a transformative signing. And, and I think, again, Man United should just put the money up. Just put the money up, whatever it takes now, because it's too late in the window to mess around, to get bargains, to get discounts, to get buyback clauses and all that stuff. Just do it. Get the deal done and get the player on your private jet flying into Manchester. So as he comes into Manchester and he looks down and he sees the Manchester ship canal and he thinks, I forgot about Barcelona already. Look how beautiful this is. And he finds his way to the Manchester United Football Club and finds his way into our starting eleven. I'll be glad when we can have a few weeks or months of not talking about Frankie de Jong. If it doesn't happen, <laughs> just, just a week left. General. Just a week left. One show left, Rob. I think people always say to us that, that like we enjoyed a transfer window. And the transfer window is interesting because it triggers certain conversations and it means this is the time when clubs can solve their problems, isn't it? You can go out and buy players. It keeps us busy as journalists. But it's so boring. Like, it's so boring because there's so much regurgitation and information never massively changes until it changes. So, like, until someone mm -hmm. actually signs in the dotted line. So, Casemiro is a really good example because it was like, May United have been shocked. Casemiro, do they want him? No, they don't. Oh, now they do. Done. Deal done two days later. And that's interesting, but that's rare. It doesn't normally happen like that at Man United. So I, I just can't wait till the transfer window's over because it dominates social media in such a toxic, horrible way. But yes, it's part of our job, so we'll report about it and we'll talk about it. But overall, wouldn't we like to just see some football? Like, I want to watch De Jong threading 
uh, Anthony and Anthony do that round the world little thing that he does and then come inside and I want him to curl the ball round into the other channel and Marcus comes down and nods it down and Bruno arrives late, controls it on his heel and smashes it in the top corner. That's what I want. I want to see that. So that's that's my kind of, I'm waiting for that to happen. Yes, indeed. Barcelona have a lot of business to do. Aubameyang looks like he's on his way to Chelsea. I think that one's close now. Barcelona have like turned into like a real estate business. You know, like when you've got loads of buildings to sell and you're like, well, I want, I've got to sell all these buildings because I want to go and build some new buildings. They're so dull. They just look at, they're like a real estate football club. I'm really glad I'm not a Barcelona fan. I'd be quite disappointed by what I'm seeing. But I know some Barcelona fans love all this. Love they love the drama and they love the attention. Do you love Martin Dubravka, <laughs> Rob? <laughs> Man United are in pursuit of a number two goalkeeper slash one that can challenge David De Gea for his first team spot. Martin Dubravka, for me, does not tick that box. But... It looks like United might end up doing it. Uh, if I was to pick one from the keepers that they've been linked with over the last few days, Jan Sommer's out of contract in a year. He's 33, but a good keeper, good with his feet. And I feel like he could actually displace David Dea, and I wouldn't be so disappointed with that for the short term. But Martin Dubravka, it looks like it's going to be. Well, as I said to you, Scott, as well, Martin Dubravka's 33, so like, He's not young. It's not like you're bringing in someone who's young and progressive in the future. He is much better on the deck than David De Gea. But you just said, do I love Dubravka? Well, I think of Dubravka like a tin of baked beans. Yeah, like I don't mind beans on toast. But I don't want to eat it every day. So I think that's the whole thing about Dubravka is that he's a decent goalkeeper. He would be a very good backup. Like people have been talking about Sergio Romero the last few weeks. I'm just like, forget him. Like, he's gone. Like stop wanting players that didn't really do anything for us from the past. Dubravka is a good short-term option. They're going to get the player on loan and it will be with an option to buy, which is interesting, isn't it? It's like they're kind of saying, well, we want this player now, but we might want him in the future. But is that to be the number two to a new goalkeeper next year? Because David De Gea will be out of contract. And, you know, if you're going to keep that 360 grand a week that you give David at the moment, it's probably going to go to another very good goalkeeper, isn't it? Like, you're going to buy big. What about like, with, Dean with, Henderson? Well, this is the whole thing. I was about to say, when Liverpool bought Alisson, they bought him for 70 million, didn't they? And people were like, what? This guy from Roma who's not that tall. And we've talked a lot about people's height recently, haven't we? Not that tall. And he's Anthony, not Anthony's not six foot. He's going to flop in the Premier League. He will do, because he, he just won't be able to defend at the near post yeah, and corners. Yeah. Terrible. And Ronaldo does that loads better, doesn't he? Because he's tall. Um, but um, I think when you look at kind of Dubravka, you just said there, um, uh, Dean Henderson, wouldn't it have made much more sense that rather than upsetting Dean Henderson let's be honest Dean Henderson didn't do cover himself in glory no, he, he really didn't, didn't. Really. you know and I, I I kind of put some of the blame on him why did you just not play him why did you not just go do you know what this is a problem so David you're going to be the number two this year on a lot of money and we might try and find a buyer for you and Dean you're going to play games this year and that will keep you happy and you now need to be able to do the stuff on the deck that the manager wants the goalkeeper to do instead what you've done is you've loaned out the potential England number one you've kept Spain's number five because that's what he is he's not in the top four goalkeepers anymore he's way behind Dan Peckinless doesn't get in the squad 
and you're getting Martin Depravka from Newcastle because Newcastle don't want him anymore. Because they signed the guy think, from Burnley. <laughs> don't think that's how scouting works. Don't think that's how it's supposed to be. So, uh, you know, again, a panic buy, short-termism, okay, might be all right. If David De Gea, you know, breaks his arm, then you've got someone to come and play who isn't Tom Eaton. And you've got someone who's decent on the deck. Metrics look good when you think about passing out from the back, but it can't be the only thing you're worried about with the goalkeeper. Um, good opportunity for Dubravka. You know, come to Man United, better to be number two at Old Trafford than be number two at St. James's Park. Maybe I'm, I've just had a brainwave. Maybe United are repeating the the process with Dean Henderson, where they loaned him out and said, "Yes, you'll be our number one next year," and then they never made him number one. Maybe that's what they're doing this time. Well, that has been mooted. That has been mooted that the conversation has happened, and that Ten Hag has said, "I like you, Dean," because we know he likes him. He tried to get him at Ajax. Mm, we know yeah. that. So this is not a new thing. Yeah, you know, we absolutely know that this manager likes him. But it's really interesting that Dean Henderson said, "No, I didn't want to train at Man United because then the manager would have kept me." What a weird thing to say. So that because if you don't want to play at Man, just say you don't want to play at Man United because they really upset you over the last year. But to say that that you don't want the manager to actually see you train because you're so good. Okay, cool. But that message has gone out. So I, I, the option is there for him to come back. But I would rather now, if you're doing this process, Scott, and you're bringing Dubravka in, that's decided. Sell Dean Henderson for a lot of money because you can get a lot of money for him and put that into the goalkeeper you need. If you get 30 million. Even 40 million. We're talking 50 million for Dean Henson two years ago. Like 50 million when he had that amazing spell at Sheffield United. United can't sell him for 50 million. <laughs> no, because when, once they're 50 million, Man United go, oh, we don't need to spend any money now. We've got this 50 million player. We'll put him on a bench for a year, really upset him. So you, you could do that. You could still sell him if he has a great season at Nottingham Forest. Two Nottingham Forest, who themselves like to buy absolutely everyone. I think they're on like second highest number- spenders in Europe. Well, player number 18, they've bought, I think now this, this season, they're literally just buying every position. So that's cool. They've got money. They're going to spend it. I would not be surprised that they'd like to buy Dean Henderson in late, late later on down the line. And Man United could go find that goalkeeper. They need to scout today now, Scott, and scout this season and find the correct goalkeeper because it's a massive part of how you play out from the back. Yes, indeed. Let's. Uh, do you want to talk about Ronaldo or should we leave it? I never want to talk about Ronaldo, ever. I would like Ronaldo to leave because he doesn't want to play for the football club. That's basically it. I think the things with Ronaldo is that the market is shrinking for him. It's been shrinking for weeks. And I think the only way this happens is if Joel Glazer's brain explodes and he goes, do you know what? I'm not interested in the commercial side of this anymore. I'm going to let this player go because my manager is telling me that he doesn't want him anymore and they, they cancel his contract. So you might cancel his contract to move him on to bring in a player like Memphis Depay who's had his, his contract cancelled because you can pay money. It's kind of strange, but stranger things have happened. That's your bit on Ronaldo. We'll, we'll wait until maybe Done. Tuesday's show. Maybe we'll talk about Ronaldo on Tuesday's show or next Friday's show because uh, at least we'll have some kind of resolution yeah. By next Friday. Uh, let's talk about something brighter. Casemiro has joined Manchester United this week. Yep. And he has done his interview with manunited.com. Uh, I think Andy Mitten did it. Yep. And he is, as far as I know, cleared to play in the next game because he's, he's been registered. He has his yep. work permit. He can play against Southampton, which is 
quite exciting. I know that we've obviously spoke on last week's show about the money involved, but Casemiro is now a United player. Let's talk about how Casemiro fits into this team. He said, "What was the what was the quote that you you mentioned, Rob? About um, one hundred? I don't give a hundred percent. I give one hundred twenty percent. I I train like I play." Yeah, he said to Andy, Andy asked him about his playing style and what he does and how he kind of is as a professional. And he want, he really emphasized in his in his interview about how to him training and playing games is not is not a different thing that to him, they are the same thing. And Andy said to him, do you give 100 percent in training and in, in games? And he said, no, I give 120 percent. It's like very straight to it. And it's like, yes, please. We've wanted players like this for a while. You know, this has been upsetting. Watching players only give 75% and then take uh, hundreds of thousands of pounds from the football club. So I like that. And as I said, we've talked a lot about the value of the deal and his age and all of that. I don't think the age is a problem. Like I think people think that when we talk about these things, that we're talking about him being 30 being a problem. No, the problem is when he's 31, 32, 32, 34 for the lifetime of the deal. But that's something we can't predict today. What we do know is that Casemiro is a world-class central midfielder and Manchester United couldn't do with a world-class central midfielder, couldn't they? He's busy mates with Fred. He talked about Fred in his interview and said that Fred plays him at Brazil and Fred, he said something like, this is quite funny. He went, Fred's two-footed player, you know, very skillful, very technical, really good on the ball. Kind of like, who have you been playing with, mate? (laughs) Freddie Lundberg, are you talking about? Or someone else called Fred? You know, I don't know. But uh, but of course, he's talking up his mate. That's OK. And you could see that potentially in a 4-3-3 that Fred will have some dynamic with this, Casemiro. This is potentially so, going to release Fred into the position he's probably best in. He talked about that. He said kind of about, he said Fred's really good in and around the box and Fred likes to do those things. And we know that the Fred you bought, going back over the time when you paid $52 million for Fred, was that kind of player, was someone who was a progressive and actually was was kind of more of an eight and a box-to-box. Came to Man United, couldn't get in the team for love or money and got told that he had to run more. So he started running more and then completely lost all his technique. So I, I, I'm all right if we get that version of Fred because we can do with a number eight who's got you know the lungs the size of Fred and can then maybe do some more work. We saw, didn't we, Scott McTominay. How good was Scott McTominay against Liverpool doing a more defined role in a three as opposed to doing a role in a double pivot? So there are options here for Ten Hag to get players who are existing players and use Casemiro maybe as the the kind of, not, not the shining light, but the player who controls it. The player who goes, I dictate tempo, I get the ball here and I give it to you there. You go over there, I will kind of sort that out. Don't think about it anymore. We're playing in a free and a single pivot. So let's play football. So I like that. I think that he can do that. And someone said to me as well about um, about him, would he take to the Premier League? You know, the good thing is at Real Madrid in and La Liga is that everywhere you go for Real Madrid, 15 teams play defensive football against Real Madrid. So this guy knows how to play against teams that play defensive football against you. So if you get that Man United, could people start to fear us after Liverpool and you find that it's more combative in there? I don't think this guy has a problem at all. He's like, bring it on. Yeah, one of the potentially underrated or understated things about Casemiro's arrival. we talk, I, I thought of this earlier, Rob, when we were talking about Sancho, Anthony, Rashford, mm. and then Dallow. Maybe Dallow will be replaced before the end of the window. Uh, maybe somebody will come in at right back. Maybe who's there yet? Malassia at left back. All these mm. lads, 22, 21, 
24, 25. Mm-hmm. Casemiro, Baran, De Gea, Ericsson, all in their 30s. I think that's a nice blend, actually, to have. And Casemiro has those leadership qualities that United absolutely, obviously have lacked over the last year. Yeah, the selection against Liverpool, I think it's one of the youngest selections in the Premier League this season. So United will have experience still in abundance, but you really do have to work towards a target of bringing that average age down. So this is the whole thing. You can bring a Casemiro in at 30. It's not a big deal. It's then what you do around them in terms of your long-term build. So I know that Eric Ten Hag has spoken about this in the past. It's something that Ralph Ranić spoke about extensively, both when he was at Red Bull and when he joined Man United. It was about you've got to get younger players in, younger players on their first contract who are coming to Man United and don't just see the bright lights, they see opportunity. So you just talked about Malassi's perfect example, isn't he, compared to Luke Shaw? You know, could you switch Luke Shaw onto the right, being a left, left-footed, right-sided player? That might happen somewhere down the line in terms of usage. He's never played there before, but could, could Ten Hag do that? But I think when you look at the younger players, we just said there, Anthony... Scott McTominay is not young anymore, but it's trying to have players that you're still in development to do things with the experienced core. And you do need some experience to take the project forward. So with all that in mind, bearing in mind Casemiro is ready to play. Hmm. How would you line up against Southampton? Because I know how I know what I would do. Uh, shall I go first or do you want to go, go on? You do it. You go. I keep the same 11 barring two. I would put, Rashford on the left side, bring Martial in and replace McTominay with Casemiro. And that would be my 11. And that is what I would do as well. Well, that's boring. So that's so boring, <laughs> isn't it? But I'll say why, I'll give you reason why. And I, I think that the ultimately, the, 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 real, the real important thing now is that consistency of selection just continues now. That if, you, if that team works that you don't go back to Cristiano, that you don't go back to Harry Maguire, that Luke Shaw doesn't just walk in. Now, the manager has talked about rotation a lot and said that he's going to rotate his options. It's normal for every manager to say that. That's just the most boring spiel that every manager says, I will rotate my squad. I need a deep squad, robots. That's fine. But I think you've got to now take your team and say, right, you did it against Liverpool. All the factors went for you against Liverpool. In fact, that they weren't very good and you were very good and you followed orders and you ran for once and all that. But now you're going against Southampton. You've got to do it again. So trust each other and work as a unit. I think Anthony Martial, for me, I saw it in pre-season. I liked it. He can be the number nine this year. Will he get you tons of goals? I don't know, but I think he'll help United's attack. And you just said there as well, uh, the potential of playing Rashford through the middle I think Marcus Rashford will enjoy it at least Marcus will d- enjoy doing that so you then got the option in the future weeks about Anthony of, of integrating him even Gakpo to an extent if you do sign him and then your wide players just have more of a influence on both the style of play and your results so I feel good about those things that's why I think you've seen a lot in the last few days United fans very up and down about transfers are we going to get five are we going to get zero no look just go get the plays you want and you need you've got Casemiro now go get Anthony get that done and if you can get De Jong great because you really do need that number eight somewhere in there the eight and the six if you can't then you're just going to have to carry on your project in later window a tweet that I put out a few weeks ago Mm. which might be coming back around I retweeted it this morning what a prospect to see Anthony Alanga 
Anthony Martial and Anthony as a front three. The three Antonys. Triple A, somebody called it in the replies. Well, uh, I, 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 we are hearing as well that there is this chance that Anthony Langer might go out on loan. So the thing is, he, there's a possibility that he will go in the simple... The simple fact that Ten Hag does believe that he needs football, so he he's what he will use him in rotation again. But let's be honest, I think if you've got all your pieces together, he's going to fall down the queue, isn't he? Like this is why people were saying about Scott McTominay leaving as well. Is that would you rather Scott McTominay was at least playing? Well, to tell you the truth, at the moment, no. I think you need Scott McTominay in your squad just in case Casemiro breaks his toe tomorrow and you need someone else to just deputise for a bit. I don't think you can get rid of everyone. Do you know what I mean? And Man United fans are very much on that tip. Uh, so I'd like to keep a Langer. I think he did all right in that first half. It was a good ta- tactical change by the manager. It really did break Liverpool. Um, but he's a good player. Keep him. He's young. Develop him. And he's played as a centre forward for the under 23s many, many times. So you could see him starting as a nine in not a false role, but in maybe three pushing together in some counter-pressing system. Are you optimistic for Southampton? <sighs> Do you know what? I still, you know, we talked last week and the week before about optimism. What is optimism? Yeah, of course I'm optimistic after Liverpool. I really am. But I do look at Southampton as being a difficult team for Man United. Now, I've looked at the next kind of six or seven fixtures. They're all kind of very samey. There's, there's kind of, there's challenges there. There's decent teams, but not great teams. These teams have got players who look very good in fantasy football. They'll score your points now and then. But can they hurt you? Will they beat you on a football pitch? I think United need to just kind of go and do the job against Southampton. So do I feel good about that? I do. But will we see United be the Jekyll and Hyde team that we've seen for a year? Maybe. I don't think we can discount that. I've seen some United fans going, that's it. It's sorted. We've done it. We're off. This is the Ten Hag era. And I think you are really ready to have your bubble and your balloon burst with that big pin because this team is still dysfunctional and it needs to be fixed. You need to do that with signings. So let's see what the signings are this week. And and I hope that he plays exactly the same team or similar, as close as you can get it. Uh, I don't want to see Maguire step back in. You know, I don't want to see Ronaldo start. There is a fear that that might happen. But, you know, has Ten Hag not learned his lesson just in these 12 weeks or so, eight to 12 weeks? I think he probably has. I think he knows who's with him and who's against him. Optimistic. Uh, I've, I've still got this niggling feeling that it's going to be one. Realistic. More. Realistic. But, you know, at least United, United have shown us something different, something that yeah. we've been crying out for for a long time. Uh, they put that in against Liverpool. They put the work in. Now it's about putting the work in against every team you play against. And Southampton will yeah. work hard as well. And Southampton are the hardest working team in the Premier League by the stats. And they are going to play 4-2-3-1 that will set up like a 4-2-2-2. This Man United team should know all about 4-2-2-2 from their last manager. So this is the thing. Technically, this should be okay for the players. But do you know what they've got to do, Scott? They've got to work. 90 minutes. If you don't work against Southampton, you're going to lose this game because James Ward-Prowse will get the ball from 25 yards and put it in the top corner. And you'll be like, Oh, here we go. We've lost again. So I feel optimistic, but more than that, I just feel realistic that the project's going in the right direction, but we need to see much, much more. That's it from us today. We'll be back on Tuesday ahead of the transfer deadline and after this uh, Southampton fixture in the Premier League. Hopefully United can get two wins on the bounce. What a run that'll be. Uh, you can subscribe to our show wherever you get your pods on Apple, Google, Spotify, etc. And watch us twice a week on Tuesdays and Fridays as well. 
So head over to YouTube, hit the like button, subscribe, join the community and leave a comment too. Uh, the link should be in the description of this episode if you're listening on an audio platform. And follow us on Twitter too, although you're not going to be hearing from Rob for the next few days because he's going on holiday and he's shutting off his socials. Uh, at underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob underscore B, and at Promise NMU. Rob, have a nice holiday. Uh, Thank you. Don't tweet refreshed. me, tweet Scott. That's what I'm saying. Tweet. Just tweet Scott. You don't need to tweet Yeah, me. D- don't get in touch with at underscore Rob underscore B uh, for now. Give him a few days. He'll be back Tuesday. And that's when we'll be back with The Promise Land. So thanks for listening. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.